Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Uh, well, let's go to First uh, Corinthians 10 today, and we want to continue with something that I've been on. Now, the last couple of Sundays, of course, I've been in, in the, at the Kansas campus, uh, but I've been teaching on this over the last few weeks on if you will believe, and we've been looking at the word that God gave us for 2022, and uh, seven times in that word, he said, there's things I'll do if you will believe, and... Uh, so we want to get into this and uh, look at it. We'll start here in 1 Corinthians 10. And, uh, you know, God always makes a difference between the people of God, the church, and the world. All right? Always makes a difference. Uh, and he said to us in the word that he gave us, he said, the world will be the world. And he said, they're going to continue to look to man as their source, even as the arm of the flesh fails. And that's what we see so much in, in the world that we live in today. It's they continue to look to, the, to, the, to, the, to man and to the arm of the flesh, even while it fails. Amen. And they'll hold fast to man and to men as their answer. Only to find that their trust in man is futile. And will always end in disappointment and frustration. Always. Amen. Hallelujah. Notice what he said. The world, they will, and their trust. The world, they will, and their trust. He is saying that what's going on to go on in the world and with the world, and even with some believers who insist on thinking like the world, if you remember, he said there are believers that will begin to hear what the world is saying and they'll begin to say what the world's saying and what they're saying will be established to them. Remember, here, here's a very, here's a very uh, uh, easy couple of examples. You know, when, when uh, all of this started, when all of this started, and when I say all of this, I'm talking about pandemic, whatever you want to talk about. But the Lord gave us an answer. And, and I'm going to say, it doesn't matter if you've battled COVID. And let me tell you something. If you're on the sound of my voice and you've battled COVID and you've overcome, that doesn't mean anything. I see so many believers, they, they act embarrassed if, if they got diagnosed with COVID. Well, they weren't embarrassed when they got diagnosed with the flu. They just tell you, I, I, I don't feel well, I, I have the flu. Well, I mean, it's, 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 it's a virus. I'm not making light of it. People that I know that are close to me have have battled it and some have passed away. But here's what I'm saying. It's a virus. You don't need to be embarrassed because you battled something. But here's your answer. Whether you battled it or didn't battle it, right? If you battled it and you overcame it, here's your answer when it comes up. I don't mind telling you I'll never have it. If you haven't had it, that's your answer. Where the supply chain issues are concerned, the Lord told us to say this. I do not expect to be affected. Amen. That, that's your answer. When somebody starts talking about this is going to, uh, I don't expect to be affected. 
Well, they won't understand. Well, no, they're the world. They won't understand. If they're a carnal Christian or the world, don't expect them to understand what you're saying spiritually because they're not going to. But your job is don't you grab a hold of what they're saying and put it in your mouth and start saying it because it'll be established to you. Amen. Remember, that's what the Lord told Charles Capps in Hickory, North Carolina, in I think 1974. He said, there are believers that speak and talk like the world, and what they're saying is established to them. Jesus said, what I say will come to pass. Well, you know, I said that, but I didn't mean that. But here's the problem. Your spirit and the spirit world doesn't know you didn't mean it. It's a law. If you said it, the spirit realm believes you want it. Well, you know, but no, no, it's not well I know. Listen, my wife said something to me one time. Thank God for a good wife. The Lord had said to me years ago, he said, never again say these three things. I can't, I don't know, and I don't understand. And I'm, 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 I'm really strict about that. But one day we were talking on the phone, and she said, and she asked me something, and I said, I don't know. And, and I was talking about some other things. And, and I said it maybe a couple, two or three times. And she said, uh, uh, do you hear what you're saying? You said, what'd you do? I did a slow burn. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. She said, no, I, I, I don't know what you mean. I, I know you said you don't know. Now, now, I'm not teaching on the power of our words. I'm saying the Lord said, right, that if... Those in the body start picking up what the world's saying and saying it, it will be established to them, right? But he said for us in that word, he said for the body of Christ, if they will believe 2022, and we're just going to talk about this first part, he said it would be a year of beautiful clarity, beautiful clarity, amen, beautiful clarity, say out loud, beautiful clarity. All right, so the world doesn't know where they're going, what they're doing, how they're going to get there. Right? But we have beautiful clarity. Right? Why? Because we believe. Amen. Now, 1 Corinthians 10, 32, notice what it says. It says, give none offense, neither to the Jews, to the Gentiles, or to the church of God. So we talked about this some on a Wednesday night. Three different groups of people. And God has a program for each different group. God deals with each differently. He deals with the, the nation of Israel differently than he deals with the, the nations or the Gentiles. And he deals with the church differently than the other two. Amen. We talked about how the Jews are God's people by election. Uh, the Gentiles, those of us that are born again, we're God's people by faith and by grace. Uh, the world is not God's, the world is not God's people. The nations are not the people of God. God created them, but He is not their God and they are not His people. Amen. So He deals with each people group differently. Now this is important because uh, in Luke 17 we see something. And I've got to go to these scriptures to set us up for the 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 meat of this. 
Luke 17, verse 26. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day Noah entered into the ark. And the flood came and destroyed them all. Now, there's a couple of things to see here. Uh, you know, I've, I've had people say, do you think things are ever going to get back to normal? Well, the Bible says right here they will. Because this is before the, the return of Christ, the second coming of Christ. And he says that people were leading their lives. They were marrying. They were given in marriage. People say, will the, will the economy be good again? Well, well, here's the, um, well number one, there's, there should be nothing wrong with your economy. Because our economy is based in the kingdom. But here's the point. Yeah. But why? Because it takes money to marry and give in marriage. Amen. Hallelujah. And then he goes on and says, verse 28, Likewise, as it was in the day of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. The same day Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So we see a couple things. When the flood came, it was a day like any other day. The world, represented by the people that were wicked, that were not in the ark, they didn't believe what, what Noah had said. The Bible called him a preacher of righteousness. So evidently he was declaring something. But here's, here's the point. Whatever it was, they didn't believe it. Right? Because God closed the door. There's evidence in the scripture that they had an opportunity to get in. But here's the point. They didn't. What were they doing? Going on about their lives. Amen. Then in Sodom, notice it says they were eating, drinking, buying, selling, planting, harvesting. They were lulled into complacency. Why? Because nothing unusual was happening. Nothing, nothing unusual was happening in the world. Noah and Lot represent the righteous. Hallelujah. The righteous in the world. And notice God made a separation between them. The day Noah went into the ark, the flood came. The day Lot left Sodom, fire and brimstone came. They are accounts of judgment, but they're accounts of redemption. Oh, hallelujah. See, there's no separation of the two. Anytime there's a redemption, there's a judgment. You, you can read that all through the scripture. Amen. When, 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 when God came down in Exodus chapter 2, and it says, because of his covenant, he heard the groanings of the children of Israel, and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And it says he came down to visit them because of that covenant. You remember? They'd been in bondage for over 400 years. They were slaves. They were being treated wrong. But they were still God's covenant people. Amen. And, and God brought ten plagues on Egypt, destroyed the economy, destroyed the structure of that nation. Right? And Pharaoh finally in desperation said, okay, you can leave. And the, and the Egyptians paid them to go. Is that right? Amen. But they, they got, out of, got out of the city, got, got to the Red Sea. And you remember the story. Pharaoh began to think, now wait a minute. I just let a huge labor force go here. Right? Amen. And they get to the Red Sea. And, and, and God opens the Red Sea, the, the wind of God blows on it until the, till the, the ocean floor, the sea floor is dried out. I don't know if, it, you know, the Bible says it took all night to do that. 
But God dried the seafloor out. And ever how many people you believe, three and a half million, three million, whatever you believe, walked across on dry ground. God opened the way. God opened the way of redemption for His people. Amen. But it says, Pharaoh decided to go in as well, and they got in the middle of the sea, and the water closed, and God, God, not the devil, God drowned Pharaoh in the sea. Now, you can say what you want. You can paint it however you want to. God killed Pharaoh graveyard dead. He redeemed his people and killed Pharaoh. I'm telling you, God will only let things go so far until he shows up and changes things. You are, that's why you're, you're the redeemed. Amen. Yeah, but it looks like there's judgment going on all around me. There cannot be a redemption without there being a judgment. Amen. Ever, ever what you're kept from, just in, in a normal time, you're kept from the fowler. You're kept from the enemy. You're kept from the destruction because you're the redeemed. Amen. If what we see going on in the world, if we say it's the judgment of God, and I'm, I'm not arguing with you about that, but if it is, I'm not going to get caught up in it because I'm the redeemed. There are people here today, if I ask you to raise your hand, you've got better jobs in the last two years. You've got more money right now in your bank than you had five years ago. And it seems like it's the worst of times. Isn't, isn't that right? Amen. We get, right? You hear me? We, oh, we got a horrible administration. Well, okay. What, whatever you want to say. But remember what God said. You need, you need to pray that they would be saved so you can lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. I'm, I'm just telling you. It, it, it's, it's, it, I know that it's the most pro-abortion administration, the most uh, pro-homosexual agenda administration. I understand all that. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. They were throwing babies in the Nile River. Pharaoh gave the Egyptian people the right to go and take a child from the Israelite and just throw them in the river. That's wholesale slaughter. Amen. And God made a difference between them and his people. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. And he said, the Egyptians you've seen today, you'll see them no more forever. See, this is so important. If Jesus is about to return like we preach, and I believe he is, I believe the rapture of the church is more imminent now than it has ever been before. That means the glory level is going to raise in the church. That means there's going to be signs and wonders and miracles. Lukewarm believers being saved. People coming back to their first love. Why? We're not going out of here with a whisper. We're going out of here with a shout and a trumpet and the voice of the archangel God's going to bring out his glorious church hallelujah what's our job do what he said amen pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into his harvest our, our job preach the word be instant in season and out of season nothing changes the marching orders of the church oh hallelujah I was at a conference one time, our, uh, the Faith Builders Raytown, 
had their uh, dedication. They asked me to come and dedicate the building. And I was there, and I was preaching on the local church. Imagine that. And, uh, and uh, I was in the, the back after the service. They had some refreshments for the speakers and, and the pastors. Uh, Pastor Gasway, they asked me to, to talk a little bit to their staff about the church. And, and you know, I always tell people, whatever, whatever uh, you think of the scope of our ministry, I mean, it's, the, the, the bottom line is I know the revelation God's given us about the local church. And I was talking about the local church, and, and, and I made the statement. I said, I hear so many people talking about where the church is and, and how the church is this, and, and they talk about how the church is weak, the church is inept, the church is backslid, the church is whatever. I said, isn't that interesting that they're talking about an entity that Jesus said the gates of hell could not prevail against? Now, which one are we? Right? If, if we're the church, we can't be weak and inept because we're the body of Christ. To say that the body of Christ is weak and inept is to say that Christ is weak and inept. Now, now understand, I know there's problems. I know there's churches preaching things, and, and, but you've got to discern, are they the body of Christ or are they the carnal church? So this man made a statement. He was sitting down at the end of the table, and, and uh, he made a statement. He said, well... He said, uh, I disagree with you about the church. And you know, I, listen, I learned a long time ago, it's better to keep a friend than win a fight, right? But, 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 but here's the thing. I just kind of looked at him. I said, oh, okay, praise God. And he said, I was at a church, and he said, I was in there in this 2,000-member church, and the first song they had in praise and worship was Michael Jackson's Beat It. Now, I'm trying to figure out what's this got to do with anything. I mean, to me, you go in a church, and they got beat it in worship. It's not the church. That's just, that's not the church. That's an entertainment venue. It's not the church. Now, I'm saying all this for a reason. You see? And so, so his mindset was, the church is weak. And, and, and I, he said, I have, a, I have a problem. I'm worried about the church. And I thought, but you're a minister of the church. If you're running around telling people how worried you are about the church, how are you helping the church? Amen. The church is built upon the rock of revealed knowledge of who Christ is. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. The hope for our nation is the church. If you want to see the nation turn, pray for the church. If you want to see the nation turn, pray for the pastors, pray for the preachers, pray for the evangelists that are preaching the word. That's the answer. Because ever what governments in the White House, if the church is strong, if the church is doing her job, things will turn. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So there's no separation between the two. So God is telling us that there are certain things that are going to happen in the world that are not going to happen to us. He said this will happen to the world, but in the body of Christ, if you will believe, this will happen. Well, I believe. Tell your neighbor, say, I believe. Tell them one more time louder. Say, I believe. See, I believe. He said in 2022, it would be a year of beautiful clarity. You know, most everybody you know that we know can see, yet in the natural, some see clearer than others. Some have trouble seeing far off or up close or small print. Almost everybody can see. But he said it would be a year of beautiful clarity. So clarity 
is, is that quality of, of being easy to see or to hear. A sharpness of image or sound. Clear. Right? Clear. I mean, most everybody under the sound of my voice, you don't have a tube TV in your house. I was preaching this a few weeks ago, and a guy came up and showed me his TV. He took a picture of it and showed me. It, it was one of those old Magnavox cabinet TVs. A tube TV. He still had it. 25-incher 20, cabinet, you know, with the, with the record player and everything. He was, that's what he was watching TV on. Now, if you got one of those, I'm not mad at you, all right? But here's the point. Most people don't. Most everybody in here has something that is referred to as high definition, right? And, and, and you know, it could be 1080p, 4K, uh, 8K, Ultra HD, I mean, whatever. But here's the point. What is the difference? Clearness. Clarity. Right? Clarity. Even if you see something on your HD TV that was filmed many, many years ago, the image is blurry. The image is fuzzy. Why? There's not the clarity there. God said this would be a year of beautiful clarity. We're not going to struggle about what, where to go, what to do. Amen. Because we're going to see clear. We're going to hear clear. Oh, hallelujah. In, uh, for instance, in Matthew 13. And we'll bounce back and forth here with Matthew. Am I helping you this morning? Hallelujah. Matthew 13, verse 13. And Jesus made the statement, notice, the disciples were asking him why he spoke to the people in parables. You know, I heard a minister say something one time that Jesus ministered basically on an eighth grade level. And there were people that couldn't understand eighth grade level teaching. Well, there's a reason. Why did he make it so simple? To make it clear. You know, the more simple you can make something, the clearer it is. Hallelujah. The Lord told me one time years ago, he said, if you will emphasize children's ministry, he said, I'll always bless your churches. Now, I use, uh, the reason I'm telling you that is this. To teach kids the word, you got to simplify it. You got to break the word into little pieces. Right? And they're getting the same thing. It's just in a way that they can understand it. And, and what does that do? It makes it clear. If you go into to Fort Faith here and you're teaching those elementary school students or you go into Baby Faith Builders and, and there's the nursery in there, you know, and, 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 and you start talking about uh, the propitiary sacrifices of the old covenant, you know, and, and then you get over here and you say, but thank God Jesus has made a new and living way. Well, I mean, obviously, you know what you're going to get, huh? Right. But when you break it down and right and 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 and, and you've went out and you you bought a, a plastic bull and you got him in a in a pan. Right. And you got some flammable liquid there. Right. And, and, and you're saying this is under the old covenant and you set that bull on. Oh, boy, they pay attention because something's burning. And you can explain that what what happens, it becomes clear. Jesus taught the way he taught in parables to make it clear. And, and he went on, notice verse uh, 
13, therefore I speak to them in parables. Why? Because seeing they see not, hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah that said, by hearing you will hear and not understand, seeing you'll see and not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross. And their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Anytime they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and be converted, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. So most people don't see because they choose not to see. Most. Not you, right? Most people don't see because they choose not to see. Jesus is quoting Isaiah 6. And in the Hebrew, it says this. God told Isaiah to tell the people, hearing, hear, seeing, see, but don't perceive. In other words, don't be concerned. Don't care about what you see. That, that's the Hebrew context. Not, you know, don't be concerned about what you're seeing. Hearing, hear, seeing, see, but don't care about what you see. Jesus was the Messiah in the flesh. He was there. He was among them. Yet, by and large, most people didn't believe it. The Bible says that there were people that were at the ascension of Jesus on the Mount of Ascension, and two angels showed up, and the Bible says there were people that didn't believe. How's that possible? That you can see Jesus go up, and two angels show up, and say, this same Jesus that went up in like manner, he's coming back. And you can walk away and not believe it. Because it's possible to see and not see. And it's possible to hear and not hear. Is that right? We know that by walking in faith. Well, I know I'm healed, but if I was healed, why don't, why, why don't I feel better? Well, you're seeing, but you don't see. There's no guarantee when you take it by faith that you're going to feel it immediately. Is that right? But are you, remember, are you what God said you are? If you are, then I must call myself healed. Yeah, but I'm still sick. You can't be both. You've got to be one or the other. See, it's clarity. I can't be, I can't be sick and healed. I've got to be one or the other. Well, I just can't deny my symptoms. I didn't tell you to deny your symptoms. But even with the symptoms, are you? Or as one man said, are you or ain't you? I mean, which one? If I'm healed, right, then I'm healed. I'm, I'm saying what I am. I'm clear about this. Is that right? Jesus said the people were dull of hearing. He said their hearts had waxed gross. Well, we think gross and, you know, we think dirty or we think nasty. That, that's not what it is. Gross is a buildup. And he said it, they waxed gross. And that's a candle-making term from many centuries ago where they would dip the wick of a candle into wax and pull it up. And then as it dried, they dip it back. And, and that wax would build up on that candle. That's how they made candles. And it took a process of time. You don't just wake up one day and not hear properly. There's been a buildup. Are you following me? There's been a buildup. And he said, their eyes, they close. Now, there's two primary reasons people don't hear. Number one, too much background noise. 
Too much background noise. Folks, I, I cannot say this any plainer than I'm going to say it. You cannot be listening to everything that's going on in the world and then expect to live like an overcomer. Boy, I lost my crowd on that one. Well, you know, Pastor, I just need to know what's going on. Okay. That's background noise. I said, that's background noise. I mean, you're believing for healing. Or you're believing to stay free. And somebody calls you. Your friend calls you. Hey, girl. How you feeling? What's that got to do with anything? Amen. Child comes to hug you. Do they feel warm? Why would you ask that? Because you're hearing some things. You know all the symptoms of whatever. Isn't it interesting? Oh, boy, I better shut up. I'm going to move away from that. Too much background noise. I said too much background noise. You got to decide what you're going to listen to and listen to that. Somebody asked me the other day, what do you think about this? I said, is that going on? I didn't know that was going on. I'm not telling you not to watch the news. You got to do whatever you got to do. But quit lying to yourself if you think it's not affecting you. Every time somebody rings your phone, a friend rings your phone or sends an email. Oh, did you hear about this? And did you hear about that? And this has changed. And oh, what are we going to do? You know, it's not one mask anymore. It's four. And, and now, now, oh, Do I get one vax, two vax, a booster vax, double booster? I mean, I'm not against any of that. And you know I'm not. I, I mean, I'm, I wouldn't say that. But here's, 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 here's my point. You can't see clear. Well, I thought I was okay. But, you know, now do I need to do this? And now do I need to... See, that's unclear. And anytime you're unclear, you're undecided. And when you're undecided, you're not confident. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, what if I wake up in the morning with a fever? What would you have done pre-COVID? Why has it got to be COVID? What would you have done if you just, if you'd have woke up five years ago with the flu, with a fever, you'd have said, oh, I think I got the flu. Now, that, I'm not saying you should have even said that. But what I'm saying is now it's got to be COVID. You hear me, DJ? All right. <laughs> Hallelujah. And there are people that will wait three hours in line to find out if they got COVID. In the cold. I was, I'm, and, and I'm not, I'm, folks, I'm not making light of it. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. I'm talking about clarity. Amen. I was, I was coming, I was going over to Raytown to visit uh, the pastor's there, and, and, and I noticed this backup on the frontage road. And I thought, boy, there must be an accident. No, it was backed up for two miles, people getting a COVID test. I'm not against that. Get all the tests you want, but understand what I'm trying to say. What happened to our clarity? 
I guess, you know, they don't, oh boy. People, right? Well, but people are dying because of that. People died because of the flu. Thousands, multiplied thousands of people died every year from the flu. And guess who it affected the most? The same people that COVID affects the most. People that had underlying medical conditions or the elderly. I'm not making light of it. I'm just trying to explain to you. It works the same way. You got to use the same method that you used before against this. No sickness, no disease should be allowed to make you afraid. It, it, It just shouldn't. And you don't respect it more than you respect something else. Am I helping you this morning? Clarity. But people talk about things like that in hushed tones. When you talk about something in hushed tones, you have respect for it. Anything that is a tool of the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy, I have no respect for. Pastor, I want want you to pray for so-and-so they... F COVID. I've had people say, well, what do you do when somebody texts you and says, I got COVID? I say, well, get some rest. I'll see you soon. What'd the doctor tell you? Those of you that were diagnosed positive, hear me. What'd the doctor tell you to do when you got a positive test? Go home and get some rest. Is that right or wrong? Now, all I'm saying, clarity. Clarity, is it a bigger deal than what you may have faced previously? Why, why are you checking your kids to see if they're going to get it? Clarity, clarity. Or are you laying hands on your children every day and saying every disease, German virus that touches their body dies instantly in the name of Jesus? Amen. Well, 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 what if they get something? Well, what if they do? Does the, the word doesn't change because something showed up in a doctor's report. The word doesn't change because the doctor found something that you weren't aware of. What it does is it gives you a place to say, okay, let's focus our faith and get rid of that in the name of Jesus. It's, 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 it's this beautiful clarity that the enemy wants to take. That's, that's what's happening. That's what's happening. And it will change. It will change. When, when, when the current curve flattens, it'll be something else. Because the enemy wants to disrupt. If he can disrupt your life through COVID, he'll do it. If he can disrupt your life through finances, he'll do it. But it'll always be something. And that's why you got to be the same every day. You got to get up every day and put your faith in what God said, irregardless of the circumstance. And here's the issue. You'll come out of it. You'll be okay. I'm telling you, uh, like I've said, there are people in the sound of my voice. You were diagnosed COVID positive, and here you are today. You're fine. You're well. You're whole. You're full of the power of God. Well, I knew so-and-so, and they did this. I understand that, and I can't explain all that to you. I understand there's been people that have suffered, and I understand that, and I'm not making light of that. But that doesn't change what you're supposed to do. If somebody came up to you and said tithing doesn't work, and you know tithing does work, I hope you're smart enough not to quit tithing because they said it don't work. Glory to God. Come on in. 
Now, don't mistake what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not preaching about COVID. I'm talking about clarity. Matter of fact, we don't even have to say COVID anymore. Oh, they tested positive. Oh, Lord. That's why people say, oh, man. <laughs> Somebody, a preacher came up to my mother, and, and y'all know mom, she was here, she preached here, and uh, he reached out to shake her hand, and she grabbed his hand, and he said, Sister Jeannie, how are you doing? And she still had his hand. She said, well, brother, I've tested positive. And he didn't know what to do. And she looked at him and said, for healing and faith. And so, but, <laughs> now I'm not saying I would do that, but she did. Little old ladies can get away with that kind of stuff. I hope I'm helping you. But that, that's, I'm talking about clarity. And it's, it's, it's that way with anything. You'll hear Christians, they'll say, well, you know, with the way the economy is, how's the economy? What has disrupted your economy? You got to have clarity. What do you believe? Right? What do you believe? Because it will change. The circumstances, the situations will change. This is what produces clarity. What did the word say about the time we're living in? Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? Well, you know, Pastor, what if I wake up and I don't feel good? What if I wake up with a fever? Well, you got to do what you got to do. But do what you got to do with the right words in your mouth and the right thought in your head. The enemy will kill people that think wrong. He's a murderer. He's insane. The Bible calls him your adversary. And that word came in the classical Greek to mean a lawyer in, in a courtroom, an adversarial lawyer. But even further back, it meant someone that was on the verge of insanity. You are dealing with an insane, murdering liar. And you cannot be unclear in what you believe. Because he knows what he believes. He knows what his goal is. To steal, to kill, and destroy. That's what he's out to do. You can't be uncertain about what you're out to do. I will resist him at all times in the faith. I, I don't care if he's roaming about. Not in my house. Not in my family. Not in my church. Not in my city. No, you don't. No, you don't. Amen. Hallelujah. Any father in here, any father that loves their family, any husband that loves their family, if, if you got word, if somebody said there's a, there's a, there's a vicious murderer that has escaped, and they have, they, have been, they have been spotted in your backyard, I'm going to tell you something. You better hear me. I'm not going to lock the door and say, we'll wait it out. Amen. I got a couple of Austrian friends by the name of Glock and a brother named A.R. And we're going to go visit because I have a child and a wife that no matter what comes my house's way, the job I have is to make sure they come out of it unhurt. Are you following me? 
So the enemy's going to steal and kill and destroy somewhere, but not here. Not in my life. I might have faced something, but I came out of it on the other side. God redeemed me. The water did fall in on what tried to destroy me. My finances tried to go south, but God brought me out. My body tried to be sick, but God brought me out. Hallelujah. That you got to be clear on that. You got to be clear on that. Everything else is a distraction. Well, I have a fever. I know, but here's your clarity. Deuteronomy 28 says fevers and extreme burning are under the curse. And Galatians 3 says Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. And I have a covenant that cannot be broken. I have the word of God who cannot lie. And he said, I am the Lord that heals you. So it doesn't matter if it's a fever, if it's a virus, if it's a cancer, if it's a heart problem. I have the word of an eternal living God who cannot lie. And that settles the issue. That closes the book. Amen. Clarity. You got to have that clarity. Whoo, my Lord. I feel like preaching today. Mm. Oh, folks, you say take a praise break. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. When, when my heart is desensitized, my hearing suffers. We have to stay sensitive to what God's saying. Not just about 2022, about every area of our life. You've got to stay sensitive about what God's saying. Yeah, but you know, they closed the schools. Well, that doesn't change what God said. But you know what people say? Well, it must be really bad. They closed the schools. Oh, come on. How many times do people have to be wrong before you quit believing them? I mean, I'm serious. If you know somebody will lie to you, why would you believe them? And there are people that will take the word of God that cannot lie and put it to the side and take into their heart something somebody said who consistently lies. Amen. Do, do, do you see this? We have to stay sensitive. There's two, two primary reasons. Well, let me say this first. When I know I heard God tell me something and I don't respond, the result is increased insensitivity. When I know God said something and I don't respond, there's another layer that comes on my heart. Remember, I, maybe I told you, maybe it was at the campus. When the Lord started dealing with us, uh, uh, it, it's like we, 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 we men, we, we laugh about, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, uh, about hearing. Uh, you know, you kind of hear what you want to hear. Selective hearing. There you go. Well, you know all about that. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Right? Because, you know, my, 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 my wife will say something about, let's, you know, let's go here or let's go there. And, and now I like to be with my wife. Don't misunderstand me. But there's certain stores that she says, hey, let's go over here. And I kind of have selective hearing. Right? Now, now I'm, I'm more of a shopper than most men. Pastor, my pastor, Pastor Carwell, he always talks about how most men don't like to shop. 
And, and I'm a caveat to that. I mean, I, I enjoy shopping. If you don't, don't look at me funny. Right? Maybe I have a higher level of maturity than you. I don't, I don't know. I'm joking. Right? But my wife will say, hey, let's, let's go here. You know, maybe, maybe Dillard's. Now, I like to go to Dillard's. I got a guy up there that, that's a good suit man. But, but the point is, is this. You know, maybe she'll say that. Well, you know, my idea of fun is not sitting on the, the chair, you know, that they have for the husbands in the dress shop. Right? So I might have selective hearing. Now, if she was to say, hey, let's go to Cabela's, huh? Yeah, let's go. Let's go to Bass Pro. I'm there. Hallelujah. Hey, honey, let's go to the gun range. What? What was I doing? Yeah, let's go. Amen. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I say that to say, I can't, when, I, when God began to tell us to come to Little Rock, now I got to tell on me because I can't tell on you. I don't know your issues. You're hiding them well. I had selective hearing. I knew God wanted us to start this church in Little Rock. But I grew up in an evangelist home. My dad evangelized till the day he died. And mom's still evangelizing. I didn't like to travel then. And I'm not super excited about it now. I'm a pastor. So I had worked very hard. When I was growing up, I was never in any city more than two years. Never. If, if we were there a year, year and a half, two years was long. So there's things you quit doing. You quit building. Now, I don't have daddy issues or anything like that. But the, the point that I'm making is it, was, it, it, it worked on relationships. You didn't see the value of things. You know, I, I ended up quitting school early because I didn't see the value of school. I was never there long enough to make relationships and, you know, make it what it was. Most kids, kids don't like to go to school because they like to learn. They like their friends. So here's the point. I decided when we get settled, we're settling and we're not moving. That's just how it's going to be. Amen. And, and we settled in the Kansas City area and we're there for almost 30 years. And, and most of my children still live there. My youngest daughter and my oldest son and their families, they both live there. My daughter moved to Boston. She's moving back there. And my uh, youngest son, him and his wife, pastor in Illinois. So they're not going to be moving there. But my, my point is, everybody's right there. Well, that's where everybody's at. My kids are there. My grandkids are there. I don't want to be disobedient. I was just hard of hearing. Selectively. And so Pastor Michelle came. You know, I'd pray enough to get direction for her. Hey, let's pray about Little Rock. Okay, yeah, let's pray about what you need to do. But, you know, you'd get to praying, and if you know how to pray, God will start talking to you. Remember Brother Hagin telling the story about how he was in the house, and they brought that demon-possessed woman, and he was praying, and the Lord said, I want you to go stand in front of that woman and say, come out of her, you unclean spirit. And he said, I said, Lord, I don't believe I much want to do that. And he said, but to do that, I had to get out of the spirit. Remember, he said, so finally he said he got up in the chair, and he'd make the ladies think he was with them. Because he said, if I quit praying, they'll think I'm not with them. 
And he said, I started clapping my hands saying, Woo, glory. Woo, and stomped my feet, glory. He said, because they thought I was with them. He said, the word came to me again. Go stand in front of her, say it, and he wouldn't do it. And finally, the sister of the woman that, that was demon-possessed came over and spoke to him in tongues. And the Holy Spirit said, well, aren't you a pretty-looking little thing? Sitting here asking me to use you and asking me to use you to set people free and deliver people. And I bring a demon-possessed person to your house and you won't obey me and do it. And he said, I told him, I said, you, you let that anointing come on me again and I'll do it. And he did. Well, I tell you that story to say, that was kind of my mindset. But if I'd get over praying, I'd get in the spirit. And I'd start hearing, I need to do something. I don't want to do something. We're growing, man. The God is doing wonderful things in our church. We're seeing, right? I mean, I love Little Rock, and I love, you know, that's where Jesus is building his church. Remember, on this Little Rock, I'll build my church. But I was, I was running, it was about two years into it, and, you know, we had been in the La Quinta, and we had just gotten in this building. Remember, the wall used to be right there, and we just expanded. And, and, and I was running one day, and the Lord spoke to me. I was, I was thankful talking to the Lord about something, and he said, that, well, you know you're supposed to be in Little Rock anyway. Well, it wasn't that I didn't like Little Rock. Understand, there was something that was stopping my clarity. Does that make sense? My hearing was selective. See, you can come and sit in church and hear the pastor or the minister or the guest say something and here's what you can do if you're not careful. Well, I know what he said, but he doesn't understand. That's the enemy trying to stop your clarity. I said, that's the enemy trying to stop your clarity. If you hear it from the pastor or the man or the woman of God that's there and anointed to be there that night, that day, that season, that's God speaking to you. Amen. Well, there were things we were believing for and I'm, and I'm telling you what, here's, here's my mindset. And here's how people have a problem with me sometimes. When I know I heard from God, that's it. I'm all in, 100%. And so I went home. It took me about 30 minutes to get home. And I walked in the door and I said, okay, we're going to Little Rock. This is what we're going to do. We're going to ba 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 In a month, we're here. Amen. It, it, whatever else is irrelevant then. Because what God asks you to do, see, it's not just about the ministry. What does God ask you to do about your faith? What does God ask us to do about 2022? He asked us in 2022 to believe Him. And it would be a year for the church to display God's power. He said, I'll not only do great things for you, I'll do great things through you if you'll believe. Now let me hurry. You see, oh my Lord, it's early yet. If I get y'all out of here this early, it will confuse the denominational pecking order because there's an order you know the presbyterian and the methodists get there first then the baptists show up and that's usually the biggest group if you show up before the baptists leave you'll wreck everything hallelujah there are two primary reasons people don't see clearly number one distraction that's just needless information. Needless information. You know, if you go onto a, a, a vehicle like YouTube, 
and you search for something once, they start populating your feed with that. Right? And it can become needless information. And you'll be scrolling, you'll go, how'd that get there? I don't, I've never watched that. It's populating your feed. This is, this is so important. You, you won't have clarity looking at everything. You know, if, if you're believing God for a husband or a wife, you're not going to have clarity looking at everything. You've got to look at what God said you need to be looking at. Amen. Right? Well, you know, I'm looking at their handsome. They're beautiful. They got a good job. They this, they that. Well, that's important, and I, and I understand those kind of things are important. But what did God tell you to look at? God said to tell you to look at their relationship with Him. God said to look at their integrity. God said to look at their honor. You can marry a handsome liar. Right? He'd been lying to you the whole time you've been together. And you never went to the Lord about it. Oh, he's so good looking. I know that's distracting you. And you'll get married and have old plate banging Jim. Right? When over in the back of the church was the guy that just comes to church every Sunday and, and he's there every Wednesday and he's involved in prayer meeting and he's involved in the church. Right? And he may not be as handsome to you as, as the other guy. But he's sold out. He'll love you like sugar candy. Amen. Mm. See, distraction. Distraction. I told a girl one time, she goes, yeah, but this guy is so, and I said, he don't even have a car. He got to ride the bus to come see you. That's the only good clothes he's got. <laughs> oh, pastors will sniff right through that. I had a girl come to the church one time, and she was after my youth pastor. And man, she'd get around me, and my insides would just do flips. Not good flips. Bad flips, like nausea. And I got with him one time, and she was telling me how she had eyes for him. And I just got with him and said, what'd you say? I said, John, that is not for you. Now you do whatever you want to do with that. That is none of my business. But you do whatever you want to do with that. And thank God he didn't make the wrong choice. Amen. Some, sometimes God will bring me to church and give me clarity through the man or the woman of God that I couldn't see. No pastor is supposed to run your life. But there are rescues that there's a potential for a rescue every time you show up at church. Amen. Let me hurry. Look at, look, look, look at 2 Kings 6. This is important that we look at this. I'm not going to keep you much longer. Long enough, but not much longer. 2 Kings 6, verse 15. When the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, a host can pass the city with horses and chariots, and his servant said, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not. For they that be with us are more than they that be with him. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. There, there are things you will see when you see. Now, 
very often we, we focus here on the, the horses and the chariots that were around, but notice the focus. The focus is he could not see what was there. The servant was seeing, but he wasn't seeing clearly. When he started seeing into the spirit realm, clarity showed up. In the spirit realm, things are clearer than they are in the natural. It's, it's higher definition. God gives a word to provide clarity. He tells us what we're to be looking for. And we're not going to look for anything he didn't tell us to look for. He said it would be beautiful clarity, astounding abundance, services full of the glory of God. I personally believe God's, God's financing his ministries like he's never done before. I believe that with all of my heart. Somebody said something to me the other night. I was, I was finished. I administered at the Kansas campus, and there was a pastor there. And uh, they came up and said something to me. They said, the Lord spoke this to me while you were ministering. And, and it had to do with our transportation and had to do with aircraft and different things. And, uh, but here's the thing. What they said to me was what I had been hearing, I just didn't know how to express it. God will come and you'll sit in church and, and you'll, you'll come to church and God will tell you what you've been sensing, you just didn't know how to say it. This servant looked and he saw in the natural the Syrians all around about him and look what Elisha said. He didn't just go to him and say, oh, don't worry about it. He said, Lord, open his eyes that he can see. Amen. Elisha had seen with perfect clarity into the spirit. He knew there were more with him than against him. Clarity produces confidence. When you have clarity, you have confidence. When you see clearly what you see clearly, you're confident of. I'm confident of this because I can clearly see it. Clarity dispels fear. The one with clarity wasn't afraid. Amen. So I have to see what God has said. And, 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 and God doesn't say something and then prepare. Everything he has said is already done. I have to see what he has said. If he said it, it's done. Hallelujah. Now. I won't take the time to, to go here. You can write this down. John 9, John chapter 9, uh, beginning around verse 14. You'll remember the story. Jesus came, was walking down the road, and there was a blind man there. And the disciples said, Lord, uh, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus said, neither man has sinned, but uh, that the works of God might be performed in him. And you'll remember Jesus healed him. Go wash in the pool of Siloam. Well, I mean, now there's an uproar. Because everybody that knew this guy knew he was blind is now saying he sees. Well, then you get religion involved. Right? And they're going to muddy the water every time. And, and so they come and, and immediately, was he a prophet? The guy that healed you, was he a prophet? Right? We, we know he wasn't a prophet. because He was a sinner because he healed on the Sabbath. 
Remember the man? Now, he said a lot, but the first thing he said was, I don't know if he's a prophet or not, but I'll, what I do know is I used to be blind, now I can see. Isn't it amazing how clear you can see when you don't have all that distraction? They said, give honor to God. We know this man's a sinner because, because he healed on the Sabbath. And the man said, isn't this a wonderful thing? He said, it's never been said before. That a man should heal the blind. Remember that one of the miracles that was specifically assigned to the Messiah was he would open blind eyes. Read through the Old Testament and you don't see blind eyes being healed. Because that was reserved for the Messiah. It was a specific act that pointed to him alone. They should have believed because he opened the blind eyes. So when Jesus would ask blind men, do you believe? Do you believe I'm able? Do you believe? See, if you believe I'm able, you believe I'm the Messiah. Now that's important. And here are the people that should have seen. Do you remember when the wise men, the Magi, they came and they asked Herod, where is he that's born king of the Jews? And Herod went and asked the religious leaders, where does the scripture say the Messiah is going to be born at? And they said, Bethlehem, Ephrata. They knew where he was going to be. You've got men that are trustworthy, that have traveled thousands of miles, that are saying the king of the Jews has been born, and yet you are so distracted by what you think, you can't see the clarity of what's happening. Amen. And the man, said, the man said, you ought to know in the scriptures, know what it says. Here's a man they called a sinner, knew the word better than they did. And they did what people with no clarity always do. They ran him down and put him out of the, out of the, the meeting. You get out of here. You were born a sinner. You were born blind. You were born a sinner. Get out of here. People that don't have clarity can get caught up. There, there are people you know that are just drama-sidal. It's, it's the drama. They want to know the scoop. They would not tell you that they're gossiping, but they are. Anytime you just got to know, you got to know what's going on, somebody's ringing your phone, hey, did you hear about this? And you stop what you're doing. Oh, really? Tell me. Why you got to hear it? It's muddying your vision. It's disturbing your clarity. Hmm. Amen. Well, you know, Pastor, with, with you know, the, the things I got to deal with, listen, I don't have to let anybody have my clarity. I don't care what job I have. I don't care where I work, don't care who I work for. It's my choice whether I let my clarity be taken. That's important. Hallelujah. Well, I just want to be in the loop. The loop of what? You know what a loop is? You know what a loop really is? I grew up in West Texas, bless its holy name. And uh, 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 grew up team roping. And we would build a loop. Right? Well, a loop in a rope, it's, it's non-ending. 
It's, it's so you can, you can rope that calf, rope that steer, jerk the slack, and you got him. It's a loop. A loop in music is something that's just over and over again. It's looping. So somebody will call, and they'll put a loop in your mind. And it just rolls. And it's disturbing your clarity. I say it's disturbing your clarity. There are people I know that they can, they can study or work, and they'll have music going, or they'll have something going. That's not me. That's not me. It might be you. It's not me. I need to focus on what I'm doing. But if you don't stop the loop, it's going to disturb your clarity. And that, that's what people do. They call and drop a loop. Well, they said, do, do, do. They said, do, do, do. They said, 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 they said. They said, and you're sitting there listening to what they said, and they said, and they said, and they said. And what's getting fuzzier and fuzzier? What he said, what he said, what he said. Amen. But if you will believe, this will be a year of beautiful clarity. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? Amen. Well, let's stand up today, shall we? Praise the Lord. I believe you got something out of that.